Previously on Gossip. For goodness sakes, Levi. I tell you, ain't nothing wrong with these britches. Don't you be looking at my man, Miss Blanche. What? Maybe if you treated him like a man instead of like your trained circus monkey. Dang nabbit. You, you hear about those boys getting hit by the train? How you doing, Sister Ma? Well, hello, Blanche. Oh, Lord. Here come Miss Moneymaker. I hope she don't pull that pad out. Now, are you going to play numbers or not? I got to go. Folks are gathering at Susan's, even the pastor's wife. What? Nadine, bring the comb and hair grease. Ouch! Banging, banging with a muffler barely hanging. Gossip, baby. same train that killed Bojack gonna bring his brother home. Ain't that iconic? Don't you mean ironic? Same thing. It sure is ironic. Oakville River Road, train trestle, then claimed another life. You know, Oakville River Road used to be Deacon's Creek Road. Girl, that place is cursed, but I bet you don't know why. What you talking about? Well, I hear that back in the late 1800s, two deacons, each from two of the biggest churches in the area, got into a dispute about whose church was the most sanctified. They decided to settle it by seeing who would be the first to get struck by lightning. They even bet on it. So one stormy night, they both agreed to go down to the creek near the trestle. Each of them brought two witnesses. Nadine, come sit down. Well, what happened, Blanche? Well, nobody never hear of none of them again since that day, witnesses included. The story was that they waited for a real stormy night, and they all went down to the creek with their Bibles and crosses. Each deacon brought a long metal rod to serve as a lightning conductor. Then the deacons dipped their heads in the creek and found a tree to stand under. Metal rods sticking straight up through the tree branches. You joshing. Seriously, according to the townspeople back then, that was one of the worst rainstorms this city has ever experienced. As the rain poured and the lightning flashed, both deacons and their witnesses were praying as hard as they could. And all of a sudden, a huge bolt of lightning flashed. Oh my gosh. Hit the tree. Next day, people went looking for them, and it was said, well, nothing left at that spot but Bibles and crosses. The Bibles and crosses were in perfect condition, didn't even get wet. Shut your mouth. What about the metal rods? I was just about to get to that. They found the metal rods dangling in the branches of the tree, almost like they were suspended in the air by some invisible cord. About a week later, they found items belonging to the missing folk, stuff that weren't there earlier. Oh, and I almost forgot. There was a note tucked inside one of the Bibles that said, Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin, and the wages of sin is death. I know that's not how the story ends. Oh, let me stop. Y'all don't want to hear these old stories. Please go ahead, Cousin Blanche. This is scarier than the Golden Girls. 
Well, I heard that old man Williams and some of his friends was down by the creek fishing real late one night. This wasn't that long ago. Out of nowhere, the wind started blowing real hard. No sooner had the wind picked up than a huge clap of thunder boomed across the creek, making it feel like the earth itself was about to crack open. It was not unlike the night the deacons went missing. Then old man Williams said a bolt of lightning lit up the sky like it was the 4th of July and- And what? And in the flashes of lightning, the men swore they saw the two deacons and the four witnesses rise up out of the creek and start to chase them, screaming for someone to save them. Old man Williams and his friends could not get out of there fast enough. Left the boat, fishing off. All the wives, every single one of them later said that Mr. Williams, Cooper, and the others all cried like babies with fright. Do you hear me? Those grown old men cried like little babies. And then... What? What happened? Tell me. Tell her, Cousin Blanche. Tell her. Tell her. Every couple of years or so, at right about this time, the deacons come back looking for lost souls to take their place so their souls can be at peace. You know they coming when you hear, ooh. First, you think it's the wind, but it's not. Ooh. <laughs> For goodness sakes, Blanche, you scared the bejeebies out of this poor girl with your wild and crazy stories. Come on now, grow up, will you? It's not funny, you know. Looks like you're the one that's scared. <laughs> well, the evening train just arrived. I love your story. Tell another one, Cousin Blanche. No more stories tonight. I tell you the truth. Nadine, grab those baskets of clothes, take them inside, and make yourself useful, and put them old stale apples in the house while you at it. It's a true story, Jackie. At least some of it was. Just hush. This is Rock Baby Love, WRRB Oakville Evening Show. In national news, on Thursday, August the 5th, 1965, President Lyndon B. Johnson passed the Federal Voting Rights Act. The Voting Rights Act expanded the 14th and 15th Amendment by banning racial discrimination and voting practices. Even today, we are still fighting the good fight. The act was in response to the barriers that prevented African Americans from voting for nearly a century. In local news, Lily Horsley, the boy that fell from the train trestle, was upgraded to fair condition. The family would like to thank everyone for their prayers and support during their difficult time. I'm so glad to hear Lily good news and our voting rights passing. Mercy, look at the time. I gotta find something decent to wear tonight. It's gonna be a lot of folks over at Miss Williams, and you know how people be looking you up and down from head to toe, hoping to find a nip in your kitchen or too much drunk stuffed in your trunk or ashy ankles. Well, do the two of y'all wanna know what was in the box Andy gave me? Yes, yes we, we do. do. Give me 10 minutes and I'll show you. You're listening to the sounds of Rock Baby Love, WRRB, Oakville Evening Show. 
For an update on Friday's train accident involving two of our Oakville community youth, let's go live to WRRB reporter Shanice Price. Shanice? Yes, we are here at the Oakville River Police Department awaiting Chief of Police Troy Jordan's update on the train accident investigation. Let's listen in. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Oakville River Police Chief Troy Jordan. The Williams and Horsley family would like to express their appreciation for the love, prayers, and kind words of encouragement during this difficult time. The investigation into what happened at the Oakville train trestle has concluded. Here's what we now know. Evidence collected at the scene indicates that Bo Jack Williams and Lily Horsley were playing around while walking on the tracks prior to the trestle. At some point, Lily began to run towards the trestle. As he ran ahead of Bo Jack, it appears that Bo's shoe got stuck between the tracks. At that point, Bo began yelling for help. Hearing Bo yell for help, Lily turned and ran back to Bo's location. They both struggled to free his foot, but was unsuccessful. At the same time, a northbound Norfolk Southern train was approaching the location of the boys. After interviewing the train conductor, we now know that he saw the two boys, blew the train air horn, and applied the emergency dynamic braking system in an effort to avoid hitting them both. Fearing for his own life, Lily began running towards the trestle to avoid being hit by the train himself. Soon thereafter, Bo was struck and dragged underneath locomotive number one, killing him instantly. As Lily was running, he turned around to see what happened. In doing so, he tripped and fell off the trestle 100 feet below landing on the concrete trestle support. The impact left him unconscious. According to the paramedics on scene, Lily sustained head, neck, shoulder, and left leg injuries. He was treated and stabilized, then transported to Oakville River Memorial Hospital with life-threatening injuries. A few days later, our investigators were notified that Lily was in stable condition. However, the doctors were unsuccessful in saving his left leg. This concludes today's briefing. Thank you. Well, there you have it, Rock Baby Love. Oh, wait, I, I see the train conductor. Let me see if I can get an interview with him. Excuse me, sir? Sir, yes, you. You, uh, I'm a reporter with WRRB Oakville Evening Show. I was wondering if I could speak with you. Yes, ma'am. Tell us your name. Joshua Cartwright. Mr. Cartwright, from your vantage point, what did you see and do that day? Well, I was on my way to Catherine City, Mississippi, when I noticed something laying on the tracks. Now, mind you, I was still a good distance away at the time. But as I got closer, I realized it was two boys. It looked like one of the boys was trying to help the other get out of harm's way. I immediately sounded the train's air horn and applied the brakes, but it was too late. One of the boys ran towards the trestle. The other one was hit by the locomotive and dragged underneath. I screamed, oh God, please no. As the train continued down the track, I saw the other boy trip and fall off the trestle. Once the train came to a halt, I notified the authorities, then I broke down crying. Honestly, I was horrified. For as long as I live, I'll never forget this. Wow. That, that was a lot, I'm sure. I 
just cannot imagine what I would have done. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. Thank you, Mr. Cartwright. Reporting live for WRRB Evening Show, I'm Shanice Price. Back to you, Rock Baby Love. Thank you, Shanice. We here at WRRB Radio would like to extend our heartfelt condolences to the families and friends of these two boys. In honor of today's events, we have opened a prayer line for all those who wish to pray for the grieving family. Anyone wishing to send in donations to either family can contact WRRB Oakville Evening Show at 1-800-843-5683. Again, that's 1-800-THE-LOVE. Until next time, I'm Rock Baby Love. Stay cool, everybody. It's about time. Oh, my, look at you. That's a mighty fine dress. Yes, it is. I saw this on display at Macy's about a month ago. Andy said he would get it for me. I didn't pay him no mind because I knew it would take a month's pay, but he bought it for me. It's beautiful. You are beautiful. He's going to be expecting something in return. Men don't do nothing for a woman just because. There's always a butt clause. That's right. The old butt clause. What are you two talking about? Tell her, Blanche. The old butt clause. <clears throat> the butt clause is when a man does something really nice and he tells you, I wanted you to know just how much you mean to me. So please accept this gift as a small token of my affection. I expect nothing in return but your happiness. And? Don't you see? He's really saying, I'm not asking you for anything in return, but I am sure you will find a way to repay me for my generosity. Sure enough. Cousin Blanche, Andy is not like that. He's a gentle and respectful man. Where will you wear such a fancy dress as that? He's going to take me someplace special for dinner. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we're going to the drive-in movies, just outside of town. Bingo! Oh, hell to the no! You're not going to the drive-in with that dress on? I don't think so. You tell that boy to have you home by 11. I wish you would say something. All right. But remember... I'll be 18 next month. Be home by 11 like she say, or we coming after you and old Asher Andy. I'll be back at 11. You better. Gossip, Episode 3, starring Libby Jefferson as Blanche Devine, Rhonda Coles as Jackie Devine, Jayla Stamps as Nadine, Tamika Younger as Shanice Price, R.J. Nallen as Chief Troy Jordan, C.J. Harris as Joshua Cartwright and Troy Jordan as WRRB Radio DJ. Tune in next week for Episode 4, Gossip, directed by Troy Jordan, produced by C.J. Harris, music and sound by Bruce Johnson, created and written by Katherine Scott, with adaptations by Teresa Harris and Troy Jordan. This has been a C.J. Webb and Troy Jordan production.